2: I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance.
3: The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares?
4: This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with.
2: The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead!
3: Rest in peace.
2: Dallas is not the holiday anymore, sir.
3: Oh. <laughs> I'm a steady. It's a lifestyle, dude. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You know. <clears throat> yeah. No, I get that. <clears throat> yeah, they're not. <clears throat> they're called holidays, not off days. Jared, you know. Oh,
2: is hey. today? Is today? Uh, you know what? You know what they call them in Oakland these days? Mercy days. They're not off days. They're a day of mercy.
3: <laughs> wow. All right. So 11 seconds in. Cool. <laughs> That's <fucking> outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wait. I, how are you guys
2: doing? Well, I just want to say this. I want to say that and th- you should take this as a compliment. I know you won't because it's not going to sound oh, like one. Wow. Well, well, I don't need to be
3: rude, but uh, fuck yeah, you. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. it's not going to sound like a compliment, but I will say this about uh, the Oakland A's. They can't miss baseball. <laughs> like, Like last night as I was loading up the TV wall, I had one spot left and I had to choose between like the Dodgers or the Oakland A's and the Oakland A's got that spot. Like it is a car wreck that you just can't look away from. And that's irresponsible of me because, you know, the Dodgers have stars. They're a big market team. They're the eventual landing spot for Shohei Otani. And I chose the Oakland A's because how bad they are. That's news. There is so much juice there for just how historically bad this oh. baseball team is. You can't look away. It's a conversation point.
3: Are you sure it wasn't because of minor league radio announcer, Johnny Dosco, who spent 30 plus years grinding his axe in the minor leagues finally gets the call to the big leagues and spent the last two days calling big league ball games with me. That's not why you were tuned in to A's baseball on NBC sports, California. That's not why.
2: No, it was because of how bad they are. What I said, I, I let me just pull oh. up the numbers.
3: <laughs> well, we don't really have. I mean, again, this is where you guys get. This is where the conversation gets convoluted Is you start dropping mm-hmm. numbers and facts. Oh, yeah. and, you you know, comparing things. Right. It just, you know, I, I feel like a lot gets lost in translation when you start to do that.
2: Well, here is the uh, here's the mark that you're shooting for. The 19, the 1932 Red Sox um, had a negative 345 run differential. So that's the worst team since 1900. Um, But in 1899, how could we forget the negative 723 Cleveland Spiders? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: That's the mark. That's the mark. They're chasing history right now, Dallas.
3: (laughs) I mean, Things are going to get better.
2: They're not. Things They're actually going to get, get worse. Like after the, I don't know that you have very many assets to trade off <laughs> in at the trade deadline, but if there's something there of value, it's going somewhere else. So you can just about guarantee that that things are going to get worse.
3: No, because I'd be willing to bet your level of unfamiliarity with the A's minor league system uh-huh. would lead you to that point sure. or would lead you to that fair assumption. Yeah. Understandable.
2: Sure. But can you, can we just is, like, before we break down the Oakland A's uh, farm system, people have just <laughs> been asking me, uh, people have just been asking me, like, how are you doing? Like, if you're a listener of this podcast, I guarantee you, they don't give a fuck about the A's prospects, but they do care about your <laughs> mental health. Like they care. Like, how is Dallas holding up? And I'm like, not well. Like, well, is there anything we can do for him? I'm like, not sure. So let's just have an open dialogue about like what what the listeners can do for you during these trying times. Because, listen, you know, we may have uh, our beefs on the field uh, between those white lines. But this is this is a time in history where it's not about the play. It's about how do we get our guy through the season So let's just start right there. Like, what what can we do? Like, we as in Joey, Jake, Jay Hay, myself. Wow, you're the only Jay that is... You're the only non-Jay. I just realized that. Um, What can we do to make this easier for you? And what can the listeners do to kind of be the the WD-40? How can we grease the skids to make this a smooth transition to the end of the finish line?
3: Well... You do what you would do With any friend Whose spirit was down
2: (laughs) Yeah yeah. You buy the medical marijuana
3: You're raising Jared that's what you do That's What you do If we're talking ball And I'm talking ball We're talking funko baseball That's the ball we're talking You raise a spirit You put a terrible night behind you, Carabas. That's what you do. You sail on. You muster up. You put all the buckling behind you. And yeah. you know that a new dawn rises. And multiple series sweeps. Let's go! The fucking buckos are here! That's what I need you guys to do, is just continue to raise my boat. Alright? Continue to raise my boat. That's what I need you here for. Okay, that's what a real crew does.
2: I didn't see that coming.
3: So I, I want to thank you guys, <laughs> and I want to thank the listeners out there for continuing to fly the flag that will keep my spirit high at this point. <laughs> But before we circle back to the Oakland A's, we do got to just touch on, I'm a man, Drew Maggie. Yeah. 33-year-old minor league lifer. Mm -hmm. All right? We're talking eons. Eons
2: in the fucking
3: bus league. Over 1,100 games,
2: the minors? Is that what it
3: was? Over 1,100 games. Captain Greyhound, just a fucking grind fest. Yeah. But this right here, this is why you do it, man. This is why you do it. And- the feeling he's going to have when he walks into that clubhouse is going to be incredible just a a lifetime of being told no or a lifetime of being told yeah just hang with him all like that all goes away now because he's a big leaguer today and you will never be able to take that away from him but the feeling that he had when all of those dudes in the clubhouse are listening to the manager talk about what it takes and how important it is to have the character and then boom his name gets called and they all just fucking lose it and and his reaction just i mean man there's nothing there's nothing like it and when you witness that when you see that for somebody or you see them walk into the door for the first time knowing what road they've traveled the payoff is man uh, like you just you can't put a you can't put a price tag on it but i don't know like nobody else can put it into words and i would love to hear just love to hear in depth how he takes this all in
2: i feel like that's someone we could probably get on the podcast didn't we do that last time remember the the dude that got called up after like a billion mm-hmm. games in the minors it was like eight years in the minors and we had him on right after uh yeah i think so i forget yeah, his we name should probably, like we should probably we should probably reach out mm-hmm.
3: yeah that would be sweet
2: yeah joe i feel like you that have a comment
1: awesome. uh jason Kiersnick. something
4: is that the that's guy, the guy. Not, are you pronouncing it wrong? No, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I know his name. You guys forgot his name. I knew his name. Did we have him on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's his last name. <laughs> that's his last name, bro.
3: No, you're, you're saying it wrong. If you said it correctly, we would know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato. It
2: is. Uh, let's see. Fair. Cares, Nick. Jerry Krasnick. Jason Krizan. Not even close, Joe. (laughs) No, you got another K in there. Uh, I said Jason Chris (laughs) Chris like you made 70% right. You put like his last name with like Jared Kelnick. Yeah, (laughs) I get him confused, but he was a good guest. He was a great guest, nice Uh, guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy.
3: Yeah, something we should definitely do though.
2: Yeah, let's do that. Um, all right, every Monday. I'm sure that everyone on the panel forgot, but every Monday uh, I like to start the show by uh, asking everyone to bring one story to the table from, as I see everyone scramble to figure (laughs) out what they're going to say. I ask everyone on the panel to bring a story to the table uh, for what, you know, something that stood out to them over the weekend. Dallas, that's a great choice. That's a great choice. Well, I feel like uh, I'm a kindergarten teacher today. You know, thank you for your show and tell Dallas. It's really <laughs> nice. It's really nice.
3: I mean, that, that is like, I understand that folks are thinking, look, it's the Buckos, Are no, really going to be having it, this that conversation? Was, that was going
2: to make in, an appearance. Well, uh, how point, the, the fuck does it not?
3: Are you kidding yeah. me? How the fuck does it that not?
2: I had it as like They've the number pitching 2 their ass
3: off. The lineup is doing what they need to do. Like how, like, I, I, and that's what I was going to say is that the, the people are saying, well, we'll talk dance. about, it's I want pirates. to
2: talk about the pirates as a separate subject. Like that story deserves its own light being oh, okay. shined right. on well, it. Well, We're going to well, talk that was about, about going
3: pirates. To, yeah, I was clear. So then we can just touch on Vince Velasquez then. That'll be my one. Thing. Like you, you need, nobody, nobody was even circling this guy as somebody like that was going to do anything, make any noise. I just like to see guys come back, pitch well. This is a guy who I think if he realized his potential or close to what he could have been, minus some of the injuries and shit like, yo, this is a dude who can make a little bit of a splash seven shut fucking 10 punches. Dallas
2: Come is on, like Vinny the v. Dallas is the kid who's like, Oh, my, my dad is the vice principal. So I get to bring two things to show and tell this week.
3: Well, that's what I did. That's I
2: just, <laughs> that is what you did. I
3: had, I had an extra one in my pocket. So mm-hmm. there you go. I showed you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you again, Dallas. Thank you again. Um, <laughs> Oh, Jay- oh Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Please, 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 go ahead. You got something I'm else? All done. You're all done? done? Okay. I'm, I'm all done. Okay. Uh, Jake, do you have something that, that up, <laughs> <to> again? <laughs> I brought some uh, A's voicemails? Oh, yeah! I forgot oh, we man. have A's, A's voicemails on the podcast today. How stupid but, am I that I forgot about that? Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, you know what? Usually when we have voice, how many do we, how many do we get, Jake? Oh god. I got about 7 to 8 queued up here. Okay. All right. Let's um let's sprinkle them in throughout. So Jake, let's let's get like two good ones off the top and then we'll kind of just sprinkle them in throughout. These we open they asked by the way, if you're a listener of the show We have a Reddit page. The baseball is dead. Reddit page. You can interact with other people that listen to the podcast. People are discussing the shows, the topics, what they like, what they don't like, what they want to see more of. And I am on there every day. And someone, an Oakland A's fan said, we need to open up the voicemail lines for the Oakland A's. And so we did that over the weekend. And um, let's let's get a couple of those right now, Jake.
5: Hey, I was calling to leave a message about the A's. I've been an A's fan since I was five years old when I got into Ricky Henderson. I was the only A's fan in Vermont, and I remain an A's fan now in my 40s, for better or for worse. Um, There's lots of stuff to say, but the one thing I thought is kind of, telling and interesting is Major League Baseball has made such a big push, such a big show of, like, we need to grow the game in urban environments. We need to grow the game in communities of color. We need more diversity in baseball. And then they green light and kind of, you know, help clear the path to pull a team out of Oakland to California. Whereas, like, Oakland, you know, compared to some of the other places, I know every city's diverse, but Oakland's got kind of a level of diversity and urbanness that it could be a place that they really put some resources to kind of try and use it as a a flagship for growing the game. And instead it's interesting that that's, that's where they pluck the team out of that's where Manfred, you know, kind of makes it easy for them to just go to Vegas. And uh, I just thought that's something I haven't heard a lot of talk about. Um, What I feel like is MLB lip service to diversity and optics, but not actual, um, you know, follow through in those communities. Thanks. Love you guys. Love you too. Um, it's a, that's Love an you. interesting point, Dallas.
3: It's a, it's an, <laughs> yeah, it is. That's an incredible point. <clears throat> and it's not something that you've heard a ton of. Um, again, why this is weighted.
1: Why this whole thing is very weighted, Jared.
0: I mean. The answer to that, if there is one, right, is that the the level of interest and the institutions and mechanisms that they have to increase diversity or to make that a priority are simply not as powerful or as uh, entrenched as the interests related to franchise valuations and where specific owners want to put their teams and what they want to do with them.
1: Um, The next one, Jake.
6: <clears throat> if you're an AIDS fan, life sucks and then you die. And it's been a painful existence as an AIDS fan throughout the last 20 something years. But you know what? I've adopted
1: the Braves
6: now with Matt Olson over there, Reagan, Hidden Dingers. So, um, my advice to fellow AIDS fans always keep them in your heart, but maybe. Take another team, keep your eyes on so that you can still enjoy the game of baseball being watched. Watching Oakland A's baseball now and for the last few seasons is uh less than ideal.
2: Mm. <laughs> How do you feel about that Joe? are you uh i I've put it out there that if you're an Oakland As fan looking for a new baseball team, uh, the Red Sox will welcome you with open arms. Are you in the same boat, Joseph? Yeah, I think that's great advice for A's fans,
4: any fan of any team. Just root for the Braves. <laughs> yeah. Way better. <laughs> Way better.
2: Uh, I had that stat over the weekend. <clears throat> it, uh, I was too lazy to update it before the show, but this is from yesterday. This is b- before play on Sunday, so it's not updated as of one game, uh, but it's probably still true to some extent. Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Marcus Simeon, and Sean Murphy are hitting a combined 294 with a 978 OPS, 20 home runs, and 72 RBI. The A's, as an entire team, have hit 19 home runs and scored 73 runs. Uh, So those four have hit more home runs as a team than the A's, and uh, they've driven in under one run than the A's have scored all season. That was coming into play on Sunday. Um, yeah, if you just combine
4: the their war, they have more war than the A's. That's that's, that's two, interesting. Those
2: two two players. A good stat, Joe. That's a really good stat. Um Jay, hey, what was your thing that stood out to you over the weekend?
0: The Baltimore Orioles. Sweep. Oh sweep. 14 and 7. Um that's pretty good. I just you know we we talked about it in the uh what's up, Dallas? They oh, didn't have a single fucking hit
3: with runners in scoring position. <laughs> and they fucking won the, they, they swept the series.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's that's really hard to do. Yeah. That is really hard to do. Yeah. Uh
2: swept the series on a walk-off wild
0: pitch, right? You know, uh, one, yeah, one yeah. uh seven, what is it? The uh, sixth straight. Um I mean, it's if you look at the schedule, it was Mostly taking care of teams that if you want to be a wild <clears throat> card contender, a postseason contender, you you should win the majority <clears throat> of your games against. You have something in your throat? No, 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 no I don't. Go ahead. Cool. Um, Nash, Nationals and uh, Tigers specifically. But uh, I just think it's it's interesting. We talked about it on the pod that they, you know, they were, they already kind of had their sneaky, effective, sneaky, good season in 2022. Um, and their inaction largely in this off season, you know, uh, swerving Cole Irvin aside, um, they their inaction this off season aside, you know, I, I think we were all on the same page that we were intrigued to see what they could do, particularly in that division. And it's just to win 14 of your first 21 finally got a good solid Grayson Rodriguez start, even if it, you know, still was imperfect in a lot of ways, uh, with, you know, eight eight walks and hits in five innings. But Jorge Mateo has been one of the top 20 players in baseball in terms of wins above replacement. Adley Rushman's got like a 420 on base percentage right now. Gunnar Henderson hasn't started to hit really at all yet. So you got to think there's going to be some bounce back there. It's just, uh, it's cool because, I I don't know, this is kind of cliche, but I do think baseball, a good Orioles, a good solid Orioles team is good for baseball. And uh, it, it would Always. be great if that's the case uh again in twenty twenty
2: three. It's a great market. Yeah. They have uh they have one of the best baseball fan bases. It's just <clears throat> it's very uh it's I don't want to compare it to any like another market. It's just kinda true in any market. If if you suck, we're not gonna show up. And if, if they're good, they show out and, and they're really good baseball crowds. Uh I I for one Think that the Orioles, I mean, it's just, I don't want to say it's unfortunate because it's going to be fun to see uh, the chaos in the American League East. I do think there's a little bit of it's unfortunate that they're, once they hit their peak of what they're striving to be, that other teams in the division, like they're not, they're not going to peak at the opportune time because the Jays are going to be there, the Yankees are going to be there, the Rays are going well, no, to be Who's there. to
3: say that? Who's to say that? Who's to say that? This is all, that's all part of young guys and core guys. And and I'm going to, the reason I say this is because I watched it happen in Oakland and I watched a core group of guys just really at a certain part in one season, I watched them get better together. They all just got better. It's like they woke up and they're like, all right, our attributes are just plus 10 across the board today. We're all just better baseball players now. And this is what we look like together being better baseball players. And so there's a level of sustainability that I don't think we account for when guys do hit their stride and just become this form of themselves. And when you've got multiple dudes in line to do just that, because I, I mean, I think we could all agree. Adley Rutschman star in the making, right? Just just waiting to be like you just like you almost you want to fast forward 15 years to see what it looks like at the end. But I'd, I'd argue he's do that. already a star. Well, no, no star, question, yeah. no question. Yeah, like that. So, I mean, I guess super, mm. ooper duper star in the mm. making. Like he's on his way to being that fucking dude. He's that dude there.
4: Like yeah. The, the- and they don't need to win the division, especially no, but- nowadays. And even if they have a great division with a new schedule, you're barely even playing your division. You know what I'm saying? Like who's like did? And what division would they win every year? I guess they could, but they're 29th in payroll.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, with, with the, that, you know, with the implicit assumption that they're going to spend a little bit more once they're more competitive, but you know, they also have that Ast- that former Astros front office. So I think there's, there's going to be a cap to what they're ever going to spend moving forward, but you would hope it's more to your point, Joey.
3: Well, right. Well, I mean, and right now, right now represents a moment in time. If they continue to play well like this for the next two months, three, like now you have to start considering supplementing the roster, right? Because if that's, if, if what we have going on right now is getting it done and it's winning baseball, why would we not start to entertain the idea of supplementing our successful roster? And I think that's where the fans are right now as well is saying, we've got guys that are raking. We've got guys that are throwing the ball. Well, we've got a future on the mound to look forward to. We've got guys in the bullpen. We can rely on. We want to now see if there's going to be shortcomings or areas where we can improve upon." Is our front office going to write that check? Are they going to make that move now? Because we're here. We have, I don't want to say arrived, but we are in a spot
0: for the front office to start making moves. I and i know we have, sorry, Joey, go ahead. No, you go. I, I know we have other stories to get to, but just like to Dallas's point about, you know, you you have a building process and and you don't know exactly what's going to happen along the way or who's going to come along and join. But like Jorge Mateo was not part of this team's core, right? He was a, he was an Oakland A. He was essentially a, a kind of like a, a freely available pickup that the Orioles snatched. And while he looked really, really rough at points last year, offensively, um, despite all of those stolen bases, like, There's a real chance that looking at some of these numbers for him, that he has found another legitimate gear. And if that's the case, like he's how how old is he right now? He's in his age 28 season. Like this could be a core contributor moving forward for this team. Um, Quick nug uh, on the uh, on the Orioles pitching, which they're basically never known for. I feel like I feel like I've pretty much gone my entire life without a dominant Orioles pitching staff ever existing spike mucina scott yeah, erickson. like he was one dude too like there was like what w- did mucina scott ben? erickson cross paths it like I, I don't know um 40 uh during the five game win streak uh, or the last five games i'm sorry i should say 46 innings pitched 25 hits allowed that's a 158 average three total runs one homer and 53 strikeouts um so really just shoving it lately that's my story mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and Kyle Gibson. I went to the Orioles game on Saturday. Kyle Gibson, eleven strikeouts.
1: Gibby, who,
4: who would have thought? Who? And you know what me. else is fucked up that's about got that, is that? About this and the Orioles? What is Cedric Mullins is back ninth? And it's
0: yeah, well, not like he he's right now up? either. He's got like a three seventy on base percentage or something.
4: Yeah, yeah. There,
3: said- that's a real. That's a real. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. As far as roster construction goes, lineup construction. Having a guy that you at the bot to turn this thing over these days and to be able to move the move the game along, like there's a very real idea to having a double leadoff. If that's a skill set that you can employ, having a guy like Ced Mully down there, buddy, that's more of a blessing than a curse.
4: Yeah, I mean, I just was like shocked. Like, why? Why is Cedric Mully? This guy was a Team USA. He's not doing bad.
3: Yeah, but I mean, it's not like, because do they have, uh, I mean, I guess I'd have to look. I don't think that Mateo let off against us. Um, I think he was, fuck, I want to say Hayes.
4: Yeah, Austin Hayes when I went. Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah, so just, I mean, his his speed, left-handed, nice to have at the top of the lineup against the righty. Against the lefty, you could throw him down there at the bottom because, hey, like I said, move the game. Damn.
2: Orioles talk. Who would have thought? All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Z Y N dot com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Joseph, what, what, uh, what did you see this weekend? I, I, I'm just
4: going to stick with Shohei. Okay. Because oh. right now... Oh, he's hands down to me, the best pitcher in the league so far. He's the best player. Obviously, obviously the best best player. player. He's been the best player for the past two years easily, but just pitcher. He he didn't take one at bat all year. So far, best pitcher leads the league and expected batting average leads the league and expected slugging. Frickin guess how many barrels he's given up this year. Fucking two. Zero. (laughs) Zero. Not one barrel all year. I think he might be the only guy who's done that. Yeah. yeah. At least qualified. That's incredible. Third time through the order, opponents are hitting. Guess what they're hitting against him? Zero. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Not even a single hit. He struck out 11 guys, struck out the last six batters in a row. It's like he's like, and he's throwing, he's throwing like Zach Granke curveballs now, at least last outing. And I've never seen that that I can remember. But he's throwing like seventy-two mile per hour
2: curveballs. It's like the guy—he's just fucking around now. <laughs> his last outing: seven innings, two hits, zero earned runs, couple walks, eleven strikeouts. He dropped his ERA down to zero six four, which is the best in baseball, an o eighty two WHIP, which is seventh, and then a twelve point two strikeouts per nine, which is third best in the big leagues. And then he hits bombs
3: he's almost hitting hitting 270 with five jacks
2: yeah he him taylor ward and uh mike trout went back to back to back i got angels twitter went fucking ballistic on me yesterday because (laughs) the red sox game had just ended i had obviously had the angels game on um and i saw the notification that ward hit a home run and i'm waiting for cora to talk or whoever uh, and then I get the notification that Trout hits a homer. I was like, oh, sick. And then Otani, like, I know that Trout and Otani are back to back in the lineup. I don't know where fucking Taylor Ward hits in the Angels lineup. So I'm, he leads off sometimes. Yeah, like I'm watching the game out of my perifs. So I tweet out Trout and Otani go back to back. Angels fans is all in the mentions. Bing, 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 bing. They're like, you, you fucking, fucking asshole. <laughs> you forget Taylor Ward. Fuck you, you pussy. What are you, a piece of shit, dude? I'm like, whoa, whoa. Like, be thankful that someone is talking about the Angels at all. Like, what the fuck?
4: It's you crazy. are not the only one who missed that, dude. Everyone, yeah. when Trout and Otani go back to back, that's the story. It's just like, whoever, else,
2: whatever else happens, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> no. no, and I like Taylor Ward. I think, like, you know, he had the a really good first half last year. Everyone's where the fuck did this guy come from? Uh, I like Taylor Ward, but sorry that I wasn't locked in to angels Royals and missed that. It was back to back to back. I didn't have the sound on the game. I was watching it. Wasn't super plugged in. Uh, They were, they were extremely aggressive, extremely angry about that. But
3: these are, these are Shohei Otani's, um, Percentile rankings on baseball savant as a pitcher: average exit velocity, eighty-first percentile; expected batting average, ninety-eight percentile; strikeout percentage, ninety-six percentile; whiff percentage, ninety-four percentile; barrel percentage, ninety-two; expected ERA and weighted and expected WOBA, ninetieth percentile; extension, eighty-eight percentile. And why does that matter? Well, because he's six-four to start with, <laughs> and when he's letting it go. He's just that much closer to the hitter than everybody else. Hmm. That's not fun.
1: That's not a lot of fun. No.
3: Yeah. And on the on the offensive side, uh, 75th percentile average exit velocity, 99th percentile max exit velocity, 85th percentile hard hit rate, 92nd percentile expected slug. 87th in expected batting average, 91st in expected Woba, 85th in barrel rate. Like the dude is just a fucking freak.
4: It's crazy. It's wild, dude, because his stuff is so nasty. But then he also has seven, no, one, two, three, four, seven different pitches. Pitches. Yeah. He throws them all. <laughs> the it's like, what do you do when you're facing him? Like, can you look for anything? You're just like, I don't know. It's insane. There's just, you don't know what's coming.
2: Dallas, let me ask you this as a former player. Um do you think that because cuz we've all talked about the Shohei otani's preparation and like when you're talking about Shohei otani the baseball player who's a starting pitcher and he's also a DH and the behind the scenes work where a guy has to be in hitters meetings cuz like these are the pitchers that you've got today but then he's also a starting pitcher so you're you're learning the hitters on the other team all the behind the scenes and all the time that goes into being a big league hitter and a big league starting pitcher and not just any old starter, not just any old hitter, like you're amongst the best at both. Do you think that if it's hard to be better than what he's been this year as a starter, but if he was all in as a starter, do you think it's possible for him to be better? Or do you think because he's engaged in the game on, on non-start days, that that's kind of what keeps him better at both. What do you think the dynamic is?
3: I, I have always believed that there is something to a player who, and you can see it in young guys who are asked to DH early in their career, as opposed to play the position that they came up playing. And sometimes you watch those guys struggle, and it's because they're not engaged in the game. And they don't know how to just hit. They don't know how to focus or what to focus on or how do I stay ready for those two innings that I'm not going to have an at-bat. You know, like, what, what am I doing? Um, and I think, and I have to say this, obviously, without having watched him perform in any other role other than a multi-role player. Um, yeah, I firmly believe that this is a dude who, because he is playing baseball, That that is helping him on both sides because I think there is always a cap to what you're going to be able to do, and then you could start the whole paralysis by analysis effect, meaning he could really start to overthink some things, as opposed to being able to just flush a bad outing because I still got a net bat to worry about, or tomorrow I'm going to be able to get over the fact that I only went six and two thirds and only punched out eight, and damn it, I gave up two runs. Because because he's probably pissed about stuff like that, and now I'll go three for four to make up for it. So he just—I I feel like that's how he operates. And this is again all going back to the psyche of an individual who is willing to put pen to paper and plot out their entire baseball life, whether you think it's realistic or not. Putting it down on paper is one step closer to it becoming a reality. That's how manifestation works, and you're watching this dude. Manifest him being the best baseball talent the world has ever and will ever see.
2: Yeah, Jay, hey, I feel like you probably cooked up some spicy Shohei nugs. I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, you're wrong. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I feel I feel like that was tapped. That keg was tapped. No. Yeah. We're. I mean, we're already
3: like everything the dude does, and that's why people get bored with it. Oh, well, let me guess. It's going to be historical. It has been done since Babe Ruth and it's I, like well yeah and just remember the reason the conversation about babe ruth was so fucking cool for so long is because nobody had done it then and nobody had done it now up until dude, the babe, right now
2: fuck babe ruth. so you first get to all, be first you of all get to Dallas, be your
3: grandfather you get to be your grandfather
2: babe ruth no, he's a serial you killer the horse you rode in on. <laughs> number <laughs> two he didn't hit and pitch at the same time and number three when talking about oh he was the best to ever do it like baseball was like three years old who gives a fuck Babe Ruth everybody that fat does. fucking loser a- everybody
0: Shohei Otani is the best baseball
2: it. player to ever live and and Babe Ruth doesn't I, I, belong in the same I, conversation.
0: I honestly like yeah. I know you're like doing the Babe Ruth bit right now but like there's no bit that's how I honestly <laughs> feel I honestly I do, feel that way I do believe that when it's all said and done that there will be a significant like a portion of the baseball fandom that has to be contended with that does truly believe that Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, Like, I think that's going to be a thing that gets argued, even if he doesn't have like the 20 year career of like, you know, a bonds or a Hank Aaron or somebody like that. I do think, I I think that's legitimate. Um, But there's also this weird thing. And it's, I feel like it's only with baseball fans.
2: I don't see it in any other sport. There's a weird thing where baseball fans, it depends on which player was the best when they were growing up. Yeah. Like there are definitely some older gentlemen out there that will maintain that Mickey Mantle is far better <laughs> than Shohei Otani. Like they will tell you that. Like I but, saw Lou Gehrig play. He could run fucking so, circles around Shohei Otani. Like, no, he can't. No, so he that can't.
0: to that point, though, like. And I totally understand that. And I think I think that was but, a, a relatable position, regardless of which person you were referencing Mantle, Mays, Gehrig, who, who, I, don't era, who you, I don't know. I don't know who you were talking to who was referencing Lou Gehrig's prime. But um, that's God, God you just, bless you that person that who's still kicking. Um, <laughs> no, but like the point, the point I was really going to make is, is that that was fine when we were talking about Bonds or Trout or Pools or Griffey or whoever. Shohei Otani is doing it on, as we've said many times, on an entire sphere of the, of the game that those guys had absolutely nothing to do with. So the fact that they're going to say, yeah, Mickey Mantle was better. Well, he fucking wasn't, though, because <laughs> he wasn't also pitching. Like, that's just the end of the conversation for mm. that thing. And that's why Always. that's why it's a game changer in terms of like, oh, it's, you know, Babe Ruth will never be surpassed. Okay, but like, there's a guy who's done it uh in the modern game which we're all going to give credence to i think a little bit more um yeah you and- always just apply the pitching
3: to you uh, this is what this is why my argument is like i love it because it's so simple it's so easy to just stop somebody dead in their tracks mick- when you hit them with this who's your favorite player who's your favorite player and you got some old guy looking at you going oh fucking mickey Mantle!" great now could you imagine if mick pitched
2: through 97 with wipeout sliders and, and that, that's, that's is all you're looking do. up from hell right now, screaming, looking at Shohei Otani's <laughs> fastball slider combo with this 20 different curveball. That's all, that's all you got
3: to do. Who's your favorite player? Your favorite player is Aaron Judge. It's, and you want, you want to play that game in today's game? All right. Your favorite player is Aaron Judge. Could you imagine if Aaron Judge
0: pitched like Shohei we, Otani? We, we already know what Mickey Mantle looks like in the modern game. It's Mike Trout. The call- We've been saying that right. for 10, 10, 12 years, yeah, right? And ex- exactly. And we're, and we're all at the point where, like, the Mike Trout versus Shohei Ohtani debate, like, kind of came and went without ever really being a conversation, because, like, by the time Shohei had ascended, it, it had just like, like Trout wasn't quite at peak powers at that point, I guess, but like, it had just become like such a non-conversation um, because he yep. was he was an unprecedented contributor to the game Talent. of baseball. Mickey Mantle's not. And better. the baseline Sorry. is the
3: baseline is what I always try to try to have people remember when you talk about this and you're comparing eras and players and eras and blah blah blah. What was the average player's skill level then? So if you were to see a ridiculous Trout-like talent with extremely average players back then, imagine what the average player back then looked like. Right? How fast that average player was. What that average player's arm looked like the the power that average player possessed like that was that was not fun to watch and now you got a guy like Mickey Mantle running fucking circles around those guys what what does that look like that that's probably pretty fun to watch that's probably pretty entertaining
1: mm.
3: uh that's that's cool like and that's that's how players stand out now in today's game it's why you you see a fucking 6 foot 7 Aaron Judge snatching shit from over the wall and then blasting baseballs 500 feet <laughs> it's pretty cool to watch because that's not happening every day yeah. everywhere across the game.
4: I was looking back at my Shohei video and this one stat I think this one stat just cements the goat conversation right now what he's doing it's like since 2021 he has about the same ERA plus and strikeout percentage as Pedro Martinez's career numbers. So he's basically Pedro <laughs> Martinez on the mound and you would say he's one of the best pitchers of all time everyone would say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, if you look at his hitting numbers since 2021, oh. he's got an OPS plus better than Dude. Willie Mays. Oh, his career Joe. numbers, Joe. The, the same old player, guys. old the guys. Same is, player,
3: old guys are in their fields right now, Joe. Oh.
2: Wow. Shohei Otani, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, <laughs> the baseball season's in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, maybe Shohei Otani per se. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park like Shohei Otani with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Actually, I had a parlay going um, uh, for Shohei's start on Friday, but I had... I had Trout as a as a part of it before the lineup came out. So it, it was void. But I think the first I had like Shohei to strike out seven plus that hit. Uh, I forget the other leg that hit. But the third one was Trout doing something. And I was like, well, that, there goes that. Uh, join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Karabis, C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. New customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Carabas. Um. Okay, so those are the opening storylines that we all brought to the table. Uh, but one thing that I, well, you know what, I I know that we we just did it, kind of, but this kind this does. This does, like, there's a few things that we can talk about here. This does deserve to be at the top. This does deserve to be at the top because, listen, it's April 24th, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place, alone in first place, in the NL Central. And not only are they in first place in the division, They are first in Major League Baseball in quality starts with 14. They're 7th in OPS, they're 8th in ERA, Ninth in 5th, so they're not even getting lucky. This is all legit what the Pittsburgh Pirates are doing. I mean, I'm having fun. Dallas, I would imagine that you're having some fun too.
3: It's clear skies, Karabas! It's been smooth sailing for the buckos, baby. The best part about all of this, the best part about all of this, what you're saying right now is what's happening on the mound. That's the best part about all of this. You're finally giving this team a chance to win with some regularity, with some consistency. And you see what happens. You provide a lineup with an opportunity to stay in a ball game for their runs to matter. And this is what happens. Lo and behold, you win some of those games. You win more of those games than you will lose. So, for for Mitch Keller, I talked about Vince Velasquez, <coughs> but for Mitch Keller and fucking Oviedo, we'd start there. What's his, what that guy's ERA? He's got a fucking sub two ERA or right at two, somewhere around there, I think. Um, I th- uh, yeah, last what was his last outing like six, six shut, six in a run or something. like He's he's just been fucking fabulous. Um Rich Hill and eh, whatever, you know, so that you're going to get some innings from them. It is what it is. Um, but for those three dudes to be throwing the ball, the, the way that they're throwing the ball right now, absolutely love that guys down in the bullpen are handling business. Love that. Uh, specifically, I think David Bednar,
0: um, but yeah, dude, David Bednar is... might be one of the five or six best relievers in baseball right now. Mm. It's, 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 it's pretty polite. Jay. Hay. it's pretty polite right now.
2: Uh we're gonna have a special guest later in the week. Um outside the baseball bubble, but he is a uh he's a huge Pittsburgh Pirates fan. So I think Dallas you'll enjoy the conversation. He's oh, uh, oh. let's just say let's just say he is uh he's in the entertainment space. Yeah. But is a very big pittsburgh pirates fan and uh we've been friends for a few years um and i'm gonna ask you my words he used to (laughs) yeah he uh he used to but uh yeah big 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 pittsburgh Pirates. i actually saw on his instagram like he was just at the pirates game so um yeah friday night friday night i was drunk tweeting and um we got to talking i was like bro you gotta come on the podcast (laughs) this will be fucking sweet. So we're gonna to looking forward to it.
3: Mm hmm, mm
1: hmm.
2: Uh, I wanted to give some love to a uh, friend of the podcast, Max Muncie. Holla. Max Muncie is an individual who, uh, coming off a, a down year, the 2020 season. I, I mean, you know, we can talk about like it, like the championship counts. I feel like a lot of like the players' numbers just. There were so many statistical anomalies that season from guys' performances that I don't want to read too much into it. But in 2020, Max Muncy hit a buck 92 with a 720 OPS. Uh, in 2021, he made the All Star team, but then last season hit a buck 96 with a 713 OPS, which was almost on the nose of what he did in that 2020 season. But he did it in uh, 565 plate appearances to start off this season. 22. 22- 22 games in, we're 90 plate appearances into Max Muncie's 2023. Uh, he is hitting 254 with a 411 on base, and he is slugging. He's slugging 718, which is about 250 ish points higher than his career mark of 480. So he's rocking an 1129 OPS to start the season after hitting his. Major league leading 11th home run yeah. on Sunday. Didn't he just, what did he hit? Like fucking four or five homers
3: in that in series against Chicago. Oh
2: no, yeah. Well, the he, fuck- he fucked up the giants too. Well, I mean, that just, that always happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he hit uh, <laughs> in the series against Four homers. Yeah. He hit did, four? four homers. Those were his only hits in the series. He went four for 12 with four home runs and six RBI in the series.
3: Make him hurt. Make him hurt. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That was was a four-gamer in which, by the way, another guy, Jay Hay, that's had a comeback also played in that series. A lot of people on Twitter very concerned that Jay Hay might be on the hook for his first L ever. Ever <laughs> with his Cody Bellinger take, um, Cody Bellinger Ooh. is is having quite the start to his season, and and uh, it's allergy season too. And you know that that's the oh problem usually. Yeah, he has. Not, but he he's, is he's
3: dialed in though.
2: He is absolutely running on Flonase yeah, constantly. Um, yeah, but he's, Cody got a fucking, th- he's
3: got a Flonase thing in his car.
2: Yeah, ninety two plate appearances for Cody Bellinger, th- twenty one games in. He's hitting an even three hundred, a three eighty on base, a five fifty slug. That is good for a nine thirty OPS. Justin Haven's your statement?
0: Yeah, so pretty poorly timed. A uh, little comment by me, uh, as far as as far as his performance goes. Um, Look at Dallas. Say, uh,
2: that's how bad that he needs flown A's too. Like yeah, it is flown I, I, A's season.
0: I would say my concern level on a scale of 1 to 10 for me taking the L here is probably at like a 5. Um, and it was at a 1 when I said the comment. So, you know, we've ratcheted it up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Tough to say he's not playing well. And I'm not. it's not like I'm rooting against him. No. I got a text from one of my friends. He was like, why do, you, why do you hate Bellinger? I was like, well, I didn't hate. All I did was say that he's been terrible for two and a half seasons. And that's objectively what's been the case. Sounds, um, sounds hateful. No, no, I'm just not afraid. To, I'm I'm a truth teller. Uh, always been that way. Always will be that way. Um, and unfortunately, it looks like uh, things turned on me pretty quickly with Bellinger. But um, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Very streaky player. So he's he's playing well right now. I would prefer that he plays well. Um, I'm fine if I take the L, but I'm not confident that that's where it's going yet. We'll see. But about Max Muncy, we mm. can circle back to Bellinger if somebody has a follow up to that. But I just wanted to say I did have something on Muncie because. Oh, please. Like the the nature of his turnaround to me has been extremely interesting because it's not like he was just like a little bit off last year. He was like unwatchably bad in some in some ways. Um like he couldn't he hit 192 off the fastball, and I was looking it up a little while ago, um, prior to the start of the season, and that was the low his 192 average against fastballs was the lowest among the 124 qualified batters who saw at least 2000 total pitches. So like he was absolutely unable to hit fastballs. And this year he's hitting 375 with a 1.125 slugging percentage and eight homers already off of fastballs. Um, little context there. That's eight homers in 178 fastball scene. It was 13 homers in t- over 1200 fastball scene last year. So, um, he's absolutely, and there's nothing lucky about it. Like I, jared said when you hit 11 home runs like i mean that that kind of says it all too but he, his barrel rate is like twice his previous career high he has a 94 his uh average exit velocity is up almost four miles an hour from where it was last year um his walk rate is 20 percent for that matter which has always been part of his game that's been even when he was bad that remained intact like it was 16 percent last year but 20 percent would be a career high it's just like it's a remarkable turnaround for both, like how drastic it is, and and why it's happening. But yeah, it might be an L on Bellinger, so we'll see.
2: Dallas, is that hot start or is that adjustment made that's going to pan out?
0: Well, that
3: that's where like <clears throat> it's 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 tough to say because the adjustments that you make, I think, oftentimes are a result of. Obviously things not going well could be a result of physical nature as well how i'm feeling i have to physically move myself in this way because i'm adjusting to i don't know not feeling good right but what jay did you were you talking about barrel rate is that what you said with him
0: yeah his overall barrel rate is like nearly 30% he's got 13 barrels in 44 batted balls uh which is a 29.5% barrel rate um it was 13 last year, career high of 16.9. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I mean, 29.5% is like essentially unsustainable for like basically anybody. post. Right. Sure. But like, sure. So, so what now, now what's, what's the exit velocity? 94. It was 90.3 last year. So it's up 3.7 miles per hour. Um, And among the so league, sta- among league leaders so, is 94. Right. So
3: it stands to reason if you're going to put the barrel on the ball, the ball is going to come off harder than it has before. Right. So. I mean, there's your correlation. I don't don't think, I mean, that's not rocket science, but I, I think what I'm seeing across the league with at least early, I'm seeing guys, I'm seeing guys cut the swing down a little and not afraid to take the double or not afraid to just try to hit the ball hard somewhere. And I mean, it's funny that the conversation around home runs, has has been, historically it used to be anyway, look, home runs are byproducts of a hard ground ball, low line drive approach, right? Home runs are mistakes almost when you're taking that sort of approach up with you to the plate. And I think now, and this is having some conversations that are kind of leading me down this road, but hey, if there's a hole open, Now, instead of me just trying to sell out and do damage, now I might be able to just hit the ball hard and find a hole. And I think the more that guys start to entertain that, the more we start to see some of the simplified approaches that we saw from yesteryear. And I'm not saying that that's where Max Muncie is. And if I'm being completely honest, I would have to sit down and watch a ton of it, you know, like probably watch four or five of his at-bats closely and maybe compare them to last year to see if I can see anything mechanically um but what those numbers tell me yeah is this is somebody who's just found a way right now to get the bat to the ball with more consistency and i think it is probably more of a hot streak than a sustainable adjustment but that's not to say that he doesn't level off somewhere better than he was last year because of some of the adjustments he's
0: made Well, you know this is also a guy who has shifted you know 85 plus percent of the time in each of the previous 3 seasons and you Know, I don't know if that's exactly the cause, but probably isn't hurting either. Um, you know, he I can't imagine he had a lot of success on uh pulled brown balls, balls, the balls right, right? over, um, yeah, over the previous couple of seasons. So, um, because, yes, yeah, yeah as a the, matter of fact, some of those here, are finding holes, <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, here I just pulled it up, so, um In 2022, he hit, so he's hitting about 60 points higher on pulled ground balls this season than he did last season. So that's not, that's not the power spike, obviously, but that's not, that's not hurting anything. No, not at all. Hmm. And whether you want to believe
1: in
3: it or not, you go up there and you pull two balls through the hole. That makes you feel pretty good. And it it probably makes it a little easier to go up there and take a fucking daddy hack too later. And then you run into one.
2: Um, yeah, I just want to give Max Muncy some love. I feel like it's he's overdue for a a podcast appearance as well. I think it was the last time we interviewed him when we were in like his backyard during spring training. Probably. That was a good time. Shout probably. out to Mrs. Muncy. Yeah, it was... Uh, that was a fun little interview that we did. We, we need and to the do dog? a and the dog. You remember the dog's name?
1: No. Jax? Do you? Jax? I believe it's Jax. Wasn't that uh, Scooter Jeanette's dog? Yeah, same dog, bro. <laughs>
3: no, I don't think Scooter's dog's name was Jax. Scooter's dog's <laughs> name was Leo.
2: Leo. Yeah, I mean, like, we never did the starting nine dog calendar. No, but the baseball is dead dog calendar. <laughs> that one's coming. That's going to be ready for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We, we should really do that. Like get like a photographer. Yes, we should. Yeah. Like that would be cool to do a baseball is dead dog calendar with all the players that have been on the podcast and their dogs. That'd be cool. Um, do we need
3: to do a should we do a baseball is dead body calendar?
2: The body issue. The the
3: body issue.
2: (laughs) (laughs) With like Joey. (laughs) Oh, I'm on the cover now. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um But Joe. What happened this weekend? Mm. What fucking happened, dude?
4: To the Braves? Yeah. Like the
2: Uh they got they lost three times in a row. Yeah, they played three games and they lost. But like they played. They played the defending champs and like no disrespect to the defending champs, but they haven't been playing good ball all year. Well, sometimes it takes a good team for a good team to
4: play like a good team. And those are the two best teams there are. Mm -hmm. That was great team versus great team. Yeah. A couple really close games. A lot of really great players
2: going head to head. I wouldn't say it's something that you can make fun of the Braves for. I'm not making fun of the Braves. I think, if anything, you you have to tip your cap to a guy like Jordan Alvarez who put the fucking Astros oh on his God. back in that series. Oh, you're not going to tip your cap to Jordan Alvarez? <laughs>
4: no, I, I definitely am. Okay. I mean, that guy is like, that's he won them two games. <laughs> like <laughs> Jordan Alvarez, it seems, you know, I'm not breaking down his numbers, but he's ever come up in a clutch spot and not won the game? <laughs> Every single time. Yeah, It happened twice this weekend. It happened six times against the freaking mariners in the playoffs you blaming snit
2: it. for getting swept then no can't blame snit i mean a couple the i mean bullpen. you you fucking pitched to him you're, you you said it yourself the guy comes no, through in did. every single clutch spot you're pitching to him wouldn't a good it's, manager put him on
4: listen yeah. what happened was with there was some people thought they should have walked him it was like a full count they had a guy on first base you're not gonna walk the freaking tying run yeah into in in scoring, scoring position, position. So you're going to pitch to him. Then the guy stole. So he had a base open. I guess you could have walked him, but it was a 3-2 count. He had two strikes. You know, you're usually going to pitch to a guy 95% of the time. He fucking, you know, hit a bomb. He's a beast. But unless the guy
3: 100% of the time comes up clutch in those spots. (laughs)
4: Yeah, he's one of the only players you could kind of consider doing that. But you have A.J. Minter up there. You have well, those the matchup. Those up. are your
3: numbers, not my numbers. Those are your numbers.
4: <laughs> the numbers, you know, you, numbers go either way. I would have pitched to him because I'm not scared of anybody. I'm not scared. I don't care who you are. Jordan Alvarez, best hitter in the league. You never get out, pitch to him. You got A.J. Minter. We trust Minter. He had a tough weekend but I wouldn't blame it on him. I mean, that's the thing about this series for the Braves. I mean, they had two games they could have won, but there's not like one glaring issue where like the Braves need to fix their bullpen. The Braves have a bad offense. The Braves starters suck. It's not that. It wasn't like a complete... If you're going to get swept, this is probably best case scenario. That was a good sweep. That was a good sweep for the Braves. (laughs) It was a good sweep for the Braves. because You don't want to be the team that wins every single game Mm -hmm. and you're going to the playoffs. with 120 wins. You don't want that.
3: Joey, could this arguably be the best three-game stretch the Braves will ever experience this season?
4: <laughs> I think it's good, man, because what happens? The past, like, every year, fast forward, three, four years, the Braves suck ass first two months of the season, and then they pick it up. And I'm personally watching them get off to this hot start. Part of me was kind of like, ooh. You're a little worried? <laughs> yeah, I was worried. We're winning too much
2: so it's like we face a good team we play them close you know you lose but hey it was a good three losses i like it (laughs) i kind of i i side with joe on this one i mean i glass
3: half full i like that too yeah
2: if if i was um if i was the fan of a team that was playing 700 ball for uh 130 plus game stretch i'd be like we need to chill the fuck out guys Mm -hmm. because that that puts a target on our back like we have unfair expectations. Like look at what the Boston Bruins are dealing with right now. Best team in NHL history. They like people freak out if they lose one singular game in the playoffs. The 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 the, the Atlanta Braves are studying the Boston Bruins right now as like a case study. Like we don't like we, if that team doesn't win the cup, then we got to start fucking getting swept to to level things out.
4: Yeah, and it's also fun to play with the Mets a little bit. You want to, It's like it's like you're a cat. You got a rat. You got a corner. You know. You don't want to just murder the rat. You know, you want to fucking play with it while it's half dead. We want to keep the Mets in the race as long as possible, so we can crush them at the
2: end.
3: Okay, so Joey's a homicidal maniac who plays with his food.
2: <laughs> I mean, you're you're judging him yeah. for that when you love Babe Ruth. Holy ball, the fucking. ball player,
3: the ball player. Yeah, I can compartmentalize. Whatever.
2: No, you can't. I can. No, you can't. Yeah. You think Aaron no. Hernandez good tight end? Whoa! Whoa! Okay. Whoa! Buddy. Well, well, Whoa. well.
3: No, I don't believe that Babe Ruth killed anybody. There's, or he
2: did. There's, so, there's a
3: massive amount of evidence
2: that would that says indicate that the, he killed no. his wife. No. Yes, he did. No. Yo, you I'm going to kill some blue moons after I'm done with this podcast because I, I need to just chill for a little bit.
3: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm all high of fucking, strung. I need to relax with a blue moon.
3: A lot of GHR slander.
2: Yeah, well... Because some beers can say that they're... Br- By the way, I have a... Not to brag, but I'm definitely bragging. I got a Blue Moon commercial on Nessun right now.
3: Oh, yeah?
0: Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool.
2: How does that
3: happen? Since when?
2: Uh, honestly, like-, <laughs> like I got asked to do like some voiceover work, and I did it, and I did not realize that it was for a, a Blue Moon commercial on Nessun. I thought it was like... I, it could have been anything. I was like, uh, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll do some voiceovers. Sounds I, like they owe you some money. Listen, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> listen, I wouldn't get a commercial. You didn't even know you're doing a commercial. So you're just, dude, just record this real quick. I we're just going to put was, it on TV. I thought, I thought it was a voiceover for the Nesson show to be like on the show, but it's like a literal commercial on Nesson, which is pretty cool.
4: Oh, Jared's here. Hey, just record real quick. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Two seconds. Yeah. Uh, some beers can say that they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together. And no beer goes better than the ones that were literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's a natural choice for opening day and all season long. I've been drinking Blue Moon for quite some time now. It's great that they're the sponsor because now I don't have to switch it up. And be like, oh, I drink Blue Moon because they're a sponsor. No, no, no. I've always been drinking Blue Moon because it's delicious. And I'm a big fan of coriander. And you know that. Jay Hay knows that. When we first met, it's one of the first things I said to Jay. Hay. he was like, what's up, man? He's like, uh, what, what are some things that, you know, let's get to know each other a little bit. I was like, I love baseball and coriander. Those are the two things that you need to know up front.
0: Verbatim, uh, first phone call we ever had.
2: Yeah, I remember. He was like, hey, I'm Jay. Hay. I worked at ESPN. I grew up I, with Kevin Clancy. I love baseball. And I was like, I'm Jared. I grew up uh, liking professional wrestling. I also love baseball and coriander. Verbatim. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice. Ritual guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience, perfect for the spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a Blue Moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's a -a one-of-a-kind every time check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch or you can visit get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket to find blue moon delivery options that is get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket blue moon made brighter celebrate responsibly blue moon brewing company golden colorado ale um i guess we can do it again they don't lose they They don't fucking fucking lose it's crazy like i'm not saying i'm i'm not one of the schedule people with the soft schedule thing with the tampa bay rays i'm not gonna sit here and fucking blame the schedule and all that uh, not saying that the White Sox are having the best start to the season. They're not. They're actually having a garbage start to the season. Um, <clears throat> even when it looked like the the White Sox might might grab a game there, what was it Friday night that they jumped up to a jumped out to a four nothing lead in the first, then eventually lost that one on the fucking uh, Brandon Lau walk off homer. Um, oh my. Yeah, they they uh, they had a couple walk offs in that series. The Tampa Bay Rays they don't lose. Like I know that. You know, we say the, 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 the Braves never lose. The Braves just got swept by the Houston Astros. The Tampa Bay Rays, quite literally, do not lose baseball games. They, entering play, we're recording this on Monday, entering play on Monday, are 19-3. and They have an 864 winning percentage. They've yet to lose a game at home. They are 13-0 and at home. Uh, they've scored, by the grace of God, they have scored 149 runs. That's the most runs scored in the American League, in all of baseball. They're, I don't want to call them a wagon yet. We're not going to call them a wagon yet. They don't uh, lose. They don't lose. They don't lose. Let's see it play out. I am still the only person on this podcast that was given the opportunity to jump off their AL East division pick. Uh, and I stuck with my pick. Everyone else is like, oh, I'm going to jump to the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to jump to the bike. No No. Yeah. I, don't.
0: I would. You I would. Should. It's only gotten yeah. worse.
2: No,
3: it hasn't. That's not <laughs> yes, true. It yes, it has. Yes, They've no. extended their
0: division lead. No. No, those are facts. Those no. are
3: numbers that are real. They've 58.
0: gotten better for 58.5% to win the division now. <laughs> Fucking Yeah, general. I'm not. It's, it's
2: still April. It's still April.
3: No, that's fine. But it has definitely gotten
1: Better for the race. for now. Um,
3: I, I, I'm trying to fucking find the numbers. I, I don't. Uh, Shane McClanahan, the last start he made.
0: He you about you talking about Lang's tweet.
3: The the swing and misses. Yeah. Is that is that? I'm
0: yeah, hold on. I'll I'll, I'll it. grab it. Hold on.
3: Because oh my god. I don't think, and someone had a tweet of um, his, uh, like a video of all of the swing and misses.
0: So he had it he had was... 32 swings and misses on 88 pitches. That's by far the most in an outing of 90 or fewer pitches in the entire pitch tracking era, which goes back to 08. That, po- that includes the postseason. The previous record for fewer than 90 pitches was 25, done a bunch of times. Yes. His Planahan had 32.
3: Like, I, I need you to truly understand how impressive that is. I I just, what's the most, the most DeGrom?
0: Yeah, it was was a couple of people. Yeah, it had 25 on. No, 35. Oh, you're saying most overall. Sorry.
3: Yeah, most swing and misses in a regular season game overall. Uh Yeah, McClanahan had 32,
1: right? Yep. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's just I mean, it I uh I mean it was one out of every, it was more than one out of every 3 pitches he threw. It's, that left his arm was a swing and a miss, not just a strike, yeah. it was a swing and a miss, a swing and a miss. And and I get it. You're you're probably thinking, "Well, Dallas, we've been swinging and
3: missing more than we've ever swung and missed in this game." Yeah. That though, that right there, in '88, that is fucking unheard of. Unheard of. It is just mind-boggling. But the dude's changeup is absolutely gross. Just buckets of filth. Buck it's oh filth. So he he's somebody right now that I'm telling you, you need to
0: watch every fifth day.
2: Shane McClanahan. Shane McLean is a beast. I, um,
0: I'm not trying to dismiss that Jeffrey Springs is out for the season, but it's like it's incredible how seamless this machine is. Like, Jeffrey Springs is done, and they, you know, they, I know he was technically called up before Springs or whatever, but Taj Bradley comes back, and like, Taj Bradley's just nastier than Springs is. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, He's right. currently rocking a 42.5% strikeout rate and a 5% walk rate. And none like, of that's these That's elite rookies... reliever stuff as a starter. Yeah, and, and when they
2: come up, there's never like a hiccup. It's always just like, well, hey, here's our next top pitching prospect and he's fucking filthy and he's going to have the, the, the poise on the mound of a 10-year veteran. Well, you
3: you want to know why? You want to know why? Why? Because of the confidence that goes into you And the confidence that you take out there with you, when you are prepared and when you are prepared and you have the confidence that everything you are doing and everything you have done is not only with a purpose, but almost makes you feel like, like, you know, something somebody else doesn't know, like, holy shit. Like it's almost un. It almost feels like it's unfair. Like for guys. And I talk, I talk a lot about, guys who use codify, um, pitchers, you'll see them preparing in the bullpen and some guys you'll see, they'll have their papers, you know, down there on the, on the mound, And that's them going over their reports. And a lot of times those are codify reports, which are extensive reports done on tendencies and hot zones and cold zones. And, and, and so when you are as, well-armed as you feel like you can be and you do have the ability to you know eliminate the big league hitter eliminate the name on the back of the jersey and just do what you do well i think this is a result of that and talking to guys i i know that this plays a role
1: mm. yeah codify is an interesting
2: thing i want to yeah. uh i want to dive deeper on that we communicate well, you,
3: know, you got okay All i was gonna say all you gotta do is ask because I've been, yeah you know, he's him and
2: I. he's very willing to to share the knowledge i just i i don't know that i can process all of it <laughs> well,
3: the, the, well that's why that's why i'm saying like dude like and him and i have had yeah great conversations great conversation he's actually uh he sent me a bunch of videos or not a bunch he sent me a, a few videos of uh like my my hot co my hot zones and cold zones against guys and shit. Like, you know he'll just send me a random one like, "Yo, you got to keep it down, keep it down here." <laughs> <Dude>.
4: <laughs> That's a guy who's dedicated to the craft. Mm. Yes, he's breaking yeah. down Dallas's numbers. Ten years later, yeah,
2: yeah. I had uh I had tweeted out the screenshots of Vladdy Junior's homers in that <laughs> series against the Yankees, and he took the screenshot and then superimposed uh, Vladdy's heat map over the, the strike zone. Oh, man. Who is that? No, no. Who is that heat map? Can you read that? No. 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 It
3: says, it says, please keep your fastballs <laughs> to your Don elevated.
2: Thank you. <laughs> 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 yeah, Vladdy, uh, Vladdy had himself a series against the Yankees. Change up to Javi. They're not touching that. No. Uh, Vladdy Jr. had himself a series against the New York Yankees in the Bronx, which, by the way, Toronto Blue Jays handed the New York Yankees their first series loss series of loss. the season. Uh, It was kind of anticlimactic because there were some fireworks on Friday night. Vladdy Jr. gets plunked. He's John Rizzo's John back. He's saying, hey. Take first base or charge the mound. Those are your two options. Like Shut the fuck up. You can either go to the first base or charge the mound. Those are your options. Uh, That did not amount to anything the next day when it felt like it would have because Alec Manoa, the Cy Young pick of two panelists on this podcast, (laughs) uh, he went on a podcast in the offseason. He was asked, who's the biggest cheater in, in baseball? And he said, Garrett Cole because he was using sticky stuff and he was the poster boy for it. And then you had the incident last year where Manoa hits Aaron Judge. Judge doesn't like it. Manoa's apologizing. Hey, "I didn't mean that. And then Garrett Cole, the fucking fake tough guy that he is, he hops the rail. He's barking. He's doing the hold me back, bro. And Manoa says, if you actually want to do something, maybe you should come out past the Audi sign, which is the the advertisement that's on the grass right in front of the dugout. And Garrett Cole was doing the hold me back, bro thing. Uh, so there's no love loss. And then I think Manoa recently like doubled down. Like they kind of like gave him the opportunity to walk back his his Garrett Cole as a cheater comments. And he was like, no, no, no. Yeah, he, he's a cheater. Like did not <laughs> did not uh take his comments back. So those two went head to head on Saturday. Uh ultimately they both shoved. I think Manoa outlasted Cole. Um But both of them did not allow a run. Cole's been outstanding this year, at least from a pitcher standpoint. Uh, And then the Yankees walked off that game. But in the finale, it was all Toronto. And they end up taking the series from the Bronx Bombers. So they are now uh, tied. They both have a 13-9 record in the American League East. The Yankees with a plus 21 run differential to the Jays' negative four. Um, but yeah, we, the aforementioned Tampa Bay Rays in first place, then you've got the Baltimore Orioles at 14 and seven. We gave them some love. And then the Jays and the Yankees in a deadlock at 13 and nine, uh, six games back. So the
3: fucking Jays, how about fucking chapstick?
2: Yeah. He's having a great year. God, this is, this is better. Like, is this better than he ever looked in and, uh, Oakland,
3: uh, offensively, I'm going
2: to say, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, Uh, this is um, I I think I would like to think that this is him taking that next step, man. And this is him finally being able to get over the hip because I I know how important the hips are to what we do on a baseball field. Everybody does Uh, for a hitter, though, to not be able to generate power. And for what Matt Chapman does, which you can look at the numbers right now, I believe he's got more homers to the opposite field than he does poolside. Um, But that's what Chappie's always been able to do is just fucking hammer the baseball the other way. And when you can't get on your backside and you can't let the ball travel and you can't do that. And when that's a big part of your game, I think you're going to do what we kind of talked about with Max Muncie, where maybe you're not feeling right physically. So you start to try to make some adjustments that get you into bad habits. And now you're putting your body into different positions and, you're not able to repeat and what you are repeating again is something, you know, it was almost like physical chaos because it's not what you're used to. So now you get back to being able to fire the way you're used to firing. You get back to being able to let the baseball travel the way you're used to letting it travel. You get back to being you. And that's what I think Chappie has done because I mean, the fucking Terry's on, he's always been a bit of a streaky guy. Well, you know, he'll get hot, and it'll cool off and it'll be cold. Um, but, yeah, right now, it's it's real nice. It's real nice.
2: Mm. Love that for Chapstick. Love that for the Toronto Blue Jays. My American League East division pick. I'll end up looking like a smart guy. Um, We did hit on the Braves getting swept, but I did, Joseph, want to give some credit to Ronald Acuna Jr. because I feel like that's not being talked about enough the season that he's having right now. Motherfucker is hitting three seventy four, four fifty two on base, five sixty slug, a ten twelve OPS. He's leading the league in runs scored with twenty. He's leading the league with thirty four hits. He's leading the league with twelve stolen bases already. He's been caught twice, but um, that's
3: that's all I care about. I care about the bags and the bombs. The yeah. bags and the well, bombs. he's not bombs hitting Ronnie, bombs, baby. He's not hitting. I know. Bombs. I know, but, uh, but, but fuck, Jared. You know, I, I don't care if he gets to 40 by June and then doesn't steal a fucking other bag <laughs> and then just decides to start dropping dick and he hits 230 <laughs> with fucking 53. I don't care. Just give me 40, 40. Please give me 40,
2: 40. Mm. He, he's going to end up with 40 bags. But Joe, does he get to 40 bombs? I don't think he does. You don't think he does? No.
4: Well, it goes back to what Jay has said. He pointed this out to me, is the ground ball rate. He hits he's hitting line drives, ground balls that get through every time because he hits them harder than anybody. I mean, I think I don't I don't know the numbers right now, but I'm pretty sure his barrel rate and his his hard hit percentage. I don't know if his barrel rate is, but his hard hit percentage is probably what, number one clip there, Jahey?
0: Yeah, it's it's elite. Um it's elite. you're right. I mean the ground balls are uh, Ronnie
3: is 98th in max exit velocity and 92nd percentile in average exit velocity.
4: He's kind of breaking the idea that the ground balls are out thing that everyone says, like, not for him. Because well, he just well, hits no. ground balls that get through every fucking time. They're 110 miles per hour. You
3: no, know, we get back to baseball, Joey. That's the whole conversation. Uh, That's what it's always been is gr- what I just say. Hard ground balls, low line drives has been the been the offensive approach, the historic the archaic offensive approach for years in baseball. And the home run has been a byproduct of that. And so why were guys good back then? Why was batting average something valued back then? Well, because not everybody was being shifted to the extent of a fucking teddy ball game, like we've seen images of. So, oh, they didn't shift back then, crowd? Shut the fuck up and sit down. Yeah, they did. (laughs) But now you're seeing what happens when you can hit the ball and find a hole. There's fucking value in that, isn't there? And how do you find the guys that are finding the holes on average more so than the others? Is there a statistic that we can go to? For what? Do they batting, call that batting average. Oh, 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 okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Now I get there's nuance to that, right? Yeah. I, uh, but when we just boil it down. Hard ground balls for a guy like Ronald Acuna, who's hitting them harder than just about everybody in the league against a standard or more so standard defense than he's probably ever played against results in this. This is what you get. Yeah. Ronald Acuna on base, ready to steal fucking 70 bags.
4: That's the thing. It's like everybody wants to see him go 40 for 40. I think there's a good chance he does. Like, I don't, I you know, I, he's hit, he hits bombs his whole career and he's hitting the ball hard as fuck. But if he just hits ground balls like he's doing right now, he's going to run away with the MVP. Like, he's doing good this way. Like, I don't want to be like, okay, start hitting home runs. Why? He's got 1.6 war already, leads the league. He's 12 many, stolen bases. He, every time he, he gets on base, he scores like every time. Like, it's, it's underrated how much value he brings, brings to the Braves just by being fast as fuck. Like, yeah, he steals 12 bags. But how often, if you watch every game, does he score from first on like a, a borderline double? like happens what's, nonstop and he throws joe, people out like every game
3: joe do you know how many what, what's the most runs he scored in a season like 110
4: i can check real quick
3: um
2: 127
3: 127 there you go um and how many how many bags did he steal that year is that the 37 year that he Stole 40 yeah, yeah okay so so you're starting to see what i'm getting at here if he's on base more the average is higher. He's getting to second base more via the steal. maybe even getting to third base more via the steal. He's probably going to score some more. Like, so is the trade-off is the trade-off there? Is it, are you okay with that? And because there is a little more work to be done to get that run, right? He's got a steal second and there's a risk that he could get thrown out there. Uh, so you are gambling a bit, but I mean, just, the excitement of the game, the style of game that Ronald Acuna Jr. is now bringing to the table has always brought to the table. But what it looks like, this is super fun.
4: Super yeah. fun. I... Go on, Jay. No, I just... I know like, you got some nugs.
0: I do, but it's like, it's like it cuts both ways for me because I feel so, you know, as a fellow Ronald Acuna MVP
3: uh a holder, right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel good about it, but I also like, I, I don't want to keep going back to the ground balls and stuff like that, but I I think we need to be real about if he's going to hit ground balls at this level, he is not going to hit 40 home runs. Like the, it, he's no, going, that's why I asked the question. He's going to look like he's a different player than the last time that he was stealing bags at this rate. Like I know it was 41, 37 in 2019 and he may blow right by that 37 mark, but the, you're limiting yourself in ter- like, you know, I make fun of Hosmer about it. It's like an so, ongoing... So,
3: that's what I was going to say. His exit velocity, max exit velocity. Hosmer's in the 75th percentile. Average exit velocity, he's all the way down to the ninth percentile.
0: Right. So,
3: like he, two guys who are hitting ground balls, Hosmer at a very different rate maybe than... than right, our, and that's why one of those Ronnie.
0: guys stinks and the other guy is still an MVP candidate despite all of those ground balls. But I do think, like, you know, just to go to... Batting average on balls in play. We're talking about whether this is sustainable or not. He is hitting, he's 431 on balls in play right now, which is fourth among all qualified batters. The only people ahead of him are Brandon Marsh, Arias, and uh, Matty Chap, who we just talked about. So, like, I am a little bit concerned that so much of his value right now is being derived off of a 374 batting average and consequently a 452 on base percentage that are being pumped up by a completely unsustainable batting average on balls in play because 560 slug is great, but like that's not the Ronald well, maybe, media that maybe, we saw before. Maybe
3: we're looking at a guy who is benefiting so much from the, and I mean, the numbers will tell how much was he shifted. If that's something that you can go and find quickly
0: um, or, yeah, within so, relativities. but go ahead. If you find it, just start talking. Um, yeah, so he, he was but, shifted at a rate of 58.4% last season and 57% in 2021. Okay, and um, so... What and he's generally be been a that- more effective batter against no shift than he's been against the shift. So, 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 so is it fair to say that this is somebody that's benefiting from a, a more standardized defensive setup? Sure. I think that's absolutely well, fair. I mean, he's hitting 400 on ground balls overall, so... Okay, so... Yeah is
3: it then fair to say that Ronald Acuna Jr. might be an outlier in this regard, but is somebody whose game is so tight right now that he is benefiting during what could be a perceived slump, but it's not a slump because the balls are finding holes. So when he gets back to putting the ball in the air, now it's going to be fucking damage. But until
0: then, it's just going to be a 106 mile an hour single <laughs> through the hole. I, I think he can be a star level player without the 40 home runs. If that's basically sure. what we're getting at here. I think that's possible. I think it's much more difficult for him to be. Um, a Hall of Fame conversation is not relevant for Ronald Acuna right now, but I think it's more difficult for him to put together a Hall of Fame caliber career, which he, he has looked like at different I, points. I, we can we if, can
3: have that conversation.
0: But no, I'm just a saying, like, if, you, if you're going to hit the ball on the ground at 53.3%. And back in 2019, it was 38.5. So it's not even, it, it's not close to the same sort of batted ball profile. So that's that's all I'm saying is like, I he's a star now. He will be a star when his balls in play numbers cool off. But I, I do think this limits his ceiling a little bit if the ball's on the ground this much. I, there's It's almost inarguable, I think. Well, um, you just quit worrying about the temperature of Ronnie's balls. <laughs> <laughs> I stay up all night thinking about that kind of stuff. Uh, one, one quick Acuna nug though—he's hitting 512, 512 against fastballs this season. That's easily the highest number of yeah. fastballs. He's throw me a fastball. Put no, I'm good. Twenty-one no, I'm for forty-one good. off of bat against <laughs> fastballs. It's fucking insane. I will be. I will be the pussy. <laughs>
4: He's got quick hands, Jay. All, right. all no pussy. question. <laughs> So Frenchie always says,
2: this guy's got some quick hands. Woo. <laughs> uh, um a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh Jacob deGrom, after the injury concern, returned with an 11 strikeout performance, six innings, two runs, only one earned, three hits, no walks. One of those was a homer. Um, yeah, looked good. Yeah. yeah so can I just.
3: Yeah. Can I just. Yeah. He looked. He looked special. Buddy, I mean, it was 101 just one Who hit the homer? Up and in. Oh, I'm glad you asked. They call him Shay Bangaliers. Carabas. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's right. Shea Bangaliers. That's uh, the Braves.
4: Braves' biggest regret, letting that guy go, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it could be Shea Langaliers instead of Sean Murphy right now. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but Shay, like, I, I was pumped for him because... He's a Texas guy, back mm-hmm. home, Baylor kid. So he was <clears throat> he was right there 15, 20 minutes away. Uh, it sucks that Texas Tech did kick the shit out of the Baylor Bears over the weekend in baseball. <laughs> Hang with him, Shay. Sorry about that. But he's back home in Texas, facing a great Texas legend already in DeGrom, right? Back home in front of everybody and hit a fucking tank.
2: Love it. Good for him. I have a question for you, Dallas. I remember back Wait. in like the early starting nine days, uh, I had asked you if anyone with the A's listened to starting nine. There's no way anyone from the A's listens to baseball is dead, do they?
3: Uh, that's false.
2: Like players or employees?
3: Uh, multiple players, many employees.
2: Oh, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, yeah, I remember, um, oh fuck, what was his name? And you would be surprised,
3: uh, you would be surprised at how many, well, maybe you wouldn't be at how many grounds crew members listen to, or how many just grounds crew listen to baseball.
2: I, that I know. Cause I remember when I was in Milwaukee, um, the whole grounds crew, or not the whole grounds crew, but some grounds crew guys came over and they were like, "Yeah, we we listened to the podcast when we were like out there doing the field." Um, that doesn't surprise me. Who is no. who is? Why am I blanking on his name? The the reliever for the A's. Why am I seeing the letter B? Oh man, the reliever for the A's that what? like, huh? No, this what? was like in 2019. Like the one that was like they were always like talk shit to me when I was there. Blevins? No. No.
3: Oh, uh, um, uh, left. Oh, yeah.
2: Luffy. Fuck. Yeah. Like he would like leave the players parking lot and he was like, hey, thanks. Like after like the Red Sox got swept, he'd be like, hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why
3: I- oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is going to fucking irritate me now.
1: He, uh, I'll figure it out right now. His name was, oh, Bookter. Yeah, Ryan
3: Bookter. Yeah, God yeah, damn. yeah, yeah. Book, yeah, yeah. you're like B. See, I can't.
0: Yeah. Love baseball nicknames. You're like Bookter. Oh, yeah, yeah, Book. Yeah, yeah, Book. book. <laughs> yeah, Big Book. <laughs> book. Of well, we. I mean, honestly,
3: yeah. Like the, the B, I was not thinking, you know, that's what I was going to say booked her last name but but, uh, like if you'd have been like no his nickname starts with a b i'd have been like Mm. Uh,
2: that always i'm always curious about that like how many uh executives or just front office members listen or players that listen i'm sure there's like minor league guys that probably listen more
0: gotta assume manfred's downloading
2: yeah I mean, he might he well, might have people that are like, "Hey, just we, we let know." Me know hey, what I was going to say, "We know i
3: we know for a fact that uh, that information got back to Uncle Manfred's office during the uh, during the lockout."
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's sitting down listening, but I think he's he's got people. No, no he's got he no, plenty, he,
0: plenty of he, rats, plenty of little yeah. rats yeah. listening for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <clears throat> you know how that. Goes. Yeah. Last thing. Last thing I wanted to hit on.
1: In the air to right field. He's back. Towards the corner. He's back. He's He's back. Welcome to Slam Diego.
2: Fernando Tatis Jr. came back, homered. And I can't remember if I made this point or not. I just want to double down on it if I already have. I think for me, uh, because I I get, uh, now that I tweet, about Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, I'm still a fan. I was a big fan before. I'm just as big of a fan now. And I get all these people like, how are you going to support a cheater and blah, blah, blah. Like, baseball fans are the biggest anti-cheat crowd. Like, I think if, like, a hockey player got suspended for certain, which, by the way, like, there's no fucking way that, like, NHL players aren't taking performance-enhancing drugs, (laughs) yet we've never seen one Not one gets suspended for it. Not one. What?
3: It's the the only major sport in our country where where they're like, no, by all means, kick the shit out of each other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like aside from MMA,
3: which is sanctioned cockfighting, like, this is a sport. Like, it's basically a ball sport. You know, it's a puck, but you're allowed to fight. Have at it.
2: Yeah. Like, ignorance is bliss with NHL fans. Like, obviously, guys are taking performance-enhancing drugs. In the NHL. You mean to tell me that not one in the history of the sport? They're just looking <laughs> the other way. Like, that's fine, whatever. Like, I, cause I don't care. Like, I'm one of those guys where I don't care. Like, so for me, and maybe this makes me a bad person, I don't know, but baseball to me, for my job, is entertainment. It's entertainment. I'm not playing. So Dallas probably feels much differently than me as a former player where. If Dallas is going out there with his fucking 89 mile an hour fastball and his changeup combo and he's getting taken deep by a guy that uh, is on steroids and then he gets demoted because of it. Yeah, I would feel differently about steroids in the sport, but I don't give a fuck because I watch it for entertainment. I'm not competing against these guys. I don't fucking care. And you're kind of hypocritical. If you're going to the movies to see like, I'm not going to name any names for legal reasons, but there are plenty of actors out there who are on uh, copious amounts of steroids and performance enhancing drugs to maintain a physique that they need to do their job as the muscular superhero guy in the movies. No one complains about that because it's entertainment. Baseball for me is entertainment. So I don't give a fuck if, so-and-so is taking steroids because I like what they can do when they're on steroids don't care like that if they want to make that choice for their liver to fail at some point by all means buddy that's that it's it is what it is and if they get caught or if there is a player who complains about it well that's something that we can then take and then talk about on this show so again I'm not competing against them I don't feel any type of way when Tatis goes out there like, I'm not like, man, this guy really cheated the game. Like, this guy, it, the integrity is very important to me. No, home runs are important to me. Guys that are superstars are important to me. Talking points are important to me. So I, I can't get behind the baseball fans that want to piss and moan and cry about a player getting popped for steroids and then coming back and then hitting a home run or whatever or when he hit fucking seven home runs in the minor leagues when, when he was making his way back to the big leagues. Don't fucking care. Does not bother just, me. Don't care.
3: Just say out loud that you're a piss poor role model and nobody should ever leave their children with you.
2: Well, I am a great role model because I have not taken steroids since 2011. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold, 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 hold. wait a minute. What? since when 2011 since when 2011 and that's the last time I
1: took steroids. <laughs>
3: what? No,
2: nothing. I I have been steroid free for 12 years. Intermittently? I'll take a test anytime.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. Intermittently?
2: I, I have not I, I have not used steroids since 2011. Period.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> period. So I haven't done it I haven't needed it
1: okay okay okay
2: I haven't needed it okay i believe <clears throat> um but that's just how i feel about it so i don't know that i don't know that uh, a lot of people see it that way but they should like, how are well, you going to go that, see Guardians but, of the Galaxy or all these other fucking movies because, like with your because, superheroes because, in it, and be like, "Oh, that guy's yeah, no, he's not taking steroids." Like, why do you not a, care? Like, wh- where's the integrity of Hollywood? Like, some like, oh, but like, you know, this guy hit a home run off that pitcher and he got sent down. All right, well, that guy got the fucking lead role in a movie because he's on steroids over a guy that's not taking steroids. It's all the fucking like pick and choose your battles. It's so fucking weird. Well, I
3: I think because baseball and sports in general are you, man, you gotta, and I'm saying this not only from a, a parental perspective, but I understood this before I ever had children before I ever had kids. I understood because of the role I played in my community and in my friend group who had children, little guys who have grown up to be my nephews, right? Like they're watching and you're trying to set a standard of sorts and You don't get to choose when you're a part of it, whether or not you're a part of that standard. You don't get to choose whether or not you're a role model. And there are people who understand that and decided to say, I don't care that your kids could look at me and follow me and emulate me. This is how I'm going to live my life. There are people who have done that and made that decision, rightfully so. That doesn't take away from the fact that they are a part of this inherent role that society has bestowed upon people in the sports slash entertainment industries. So if there's a certain moral compass that is at play here and you can guide people in a certain direction that might be more positive than negative, because if you're trying to have a conversation with nine-year-old Timmy or Tammy on how if cycled correctly, D-ball could actually help you, like you're probably fighting a fucking uphill battle. That's just my initial thought. So maybe circle back when Timmy and Tammy are 18 and 19, because they probably, well, they would hopefully have a better understanding of science and the human body. And there's a lot of truth to what I just said about cycling things properly. But the whole idea is I don't want my nine-year-old thinking that that's something that is not only okay, but endorsed. I would rather them try to play this thing above board, you know, and there's certain inherent issues to deal with if you're not doing these things correctly and positively like we've seen before so that's why there's a group that's always going to say no man we can't have that shit going on because whether you like it or not timmy and tammy are watching this shit fuck
2: timmy and tammy yeah i know i know how
3: this podcast rolls fuck them all (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's just how i feel Guys, some family hating sons of bitches. Uh, my final thought is uh <laughs> my final thought is JP Sears.
2: Wait, before Career we get live. into final thoughts, before we get into final Jesus, thoughts. Jesus Christ. Well, because if you want to go to a game at some point within the next couple of days before the next episode, uh, I mean, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. They really shouldn't be. No, game no, time is the shouldn't. fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh with the killer deals, like Babe Ruth type deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're going to have. I have to buy Bruins playoff tickets because I got my adopted sister an IOU for Bruins playoff tickets, and I still haven't gotten those yet. Uh, so the Bruins... When's the next game, Jake? Wednesday?
0: Those are getting cheaper. <laughs> yeah, it's Wednesday night.
2: Wednesday night? Uh, all right. So they, I'll probably have to shoot for the next series, it would appear. Um, forget. Planning months in advance, which is what I should have done, but I'm not going to be able to do. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less money, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get images of the seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive in your seat. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, and you are set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Here's what you got to do: download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Jared J A R E D for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Down, uh, terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem your twenty dollars off with the promo code Jared J A R E D. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Um. All right, Dallas, your final thought?
3: Uh, JP Sears, career high, eleven punch outs. Uh, it's been tough treading for the starters in the Oakland staff. So, uh, with a moment to highlight right, somebody's what effort there. Uh, well, well, nothing. You know, nothing. No, nothing has happened. Yep. Uh, so for JP Sears. Career high, eleven knockouts against the Texas Rangers, who are the number one team in the division. Tip of the cap to the lefty.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, Jay, hey, your final thoughts?
0: My final thought: I'm going to throw it back to Matt Chapman, who we were talking about earlier. Dallas brought up something um, about how you know one thing Chappie's always been able to do is drive the ball to the opposite field. That's when you know he's really and going, he's doing it really going well. Happened to look. Uh, his current batted ball profile features the most highest percentage of balls to the opposite field that he's had in his career. Bang. Ooh, you're welcome. You're you're welcome. You see what happens?
3: See, this is why you come to baseball is dead. Why? Because you got a guy who's the, the game is just ingrained in the DNA, right? I fucking wake up and I yeah, just I'm sorry. It's I so wake up esp- and I
2: piss baseballs out <laughs> my dick. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And, and Jay's a fucking nerd and he can find the numbers and the correlation to it all.
4: Yeah. Suck me. Uh, Joseph, final thoughts? I'm getting ready for a big, big series Dodgers Pirates. Mm, that's a big How one. How crazy is that? That is a big series. <laughs> it it is? Is. Yeah. When is the last time he said that? Hey, oh, series Sam. to watch. Say it with your chest, Joe. Say it with your chest. Raise it. <laughs> they're gonna go in there. They're gonna fuck them up. Sweep them, just like last year. We didn't forget. We didn't forget. Dodgers. It's over. Mookie's at shortstop. Uh, it's funny. Ha ha ha. <laughs> the window's closed. Next year, when you have Shohei, you have a chance. But it's the Pirates' years. Yeah, it is the Pirates' year. It, it is. is the Pirates' year. Can uh, I do a double final? thanks. What?
3: Yeah, please. Fuck yeah, Sorry.
0: Jake first. Jake first. I'm just going to drop another A's voicemail as my take.
5: Oh, yeah. I forgot about the voicemails. Whoops. <laughs> I'm not even an A's fan, but I know if other people don't call, you'll only get like three voicemails. But, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, world? Dallas. Feel terrible for you. Um, I hope you don't tear down the stadium because otherwise, where would the possum live?
2: Wow. It's true. It's a fair wow! People were saying that that the A's <clears throat> moving to Vegas is actually animal abuse. <laughs> People were saying that. Um, uh, Jay, hey, did you have something
1: a, to add?
0: Get a head start on a zoo renovation. Yeah. Jay. Oh yeah, my double final thought. um You know, we we never know what is going to cross over into the you know cr- past the baseball sphere into the national consciousness. You know. Um, and right now, in baseball, coming up later today, it's their second series this season, but we have two, those two things. We have Shohei Otani, and we have the Oakland A's. Mm. So, really special things could happen when the greatest individual force in the game meets up against the most movable object.
2: Um, <laughs> wow. Damn, you like that one, Joe? <laughs> yeah. That's, That's, a
4: also, way to put That's a good way to put the, the <laughs> athletics organization, the most movable object. Yeah. Did you see my tweet?
2: literally just, moving? You, wow. Wow. Did, did you see my tweet about, uh, comparing them to the fantasy baseball team?
4: Yeah, I did see that. So I, it.
2: I think we got to give they some time to
4: show really, uh, what they got. They got a lot of young guys, good farm system. And, um, I'm excited to see what they can do this year on it personally. I know a lot of people are kind of down on
2: them, but this tweet almost got a million impressions Dallas. Uh, The Oakland A's are the real life embodiment of that dude who agrees to play in your fantasy league and then never touches the team again after the draft. So their mere existence ruins the legitimacy of the entire league.
3: We you got you look <laughs> <laughs> there are teams, the, the, <laughs> the, game, team. <laughs> the, the games are scheduled, so it's up. It's it's up to them. You know, if you want to if you want to win them, that's all mm-hmm. you, it's all you can do. All mm-hmm. baseball can do is schedule them and all players can do is play them.
2: Yeah, and there, there will be a winner. There will be a loser. Almost 10,000 likes on that tweet. They're on the website still. So they're still on the website yet. Yeah. 962,000 impressions for that tweet.
1: Hmm.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if right. Fisher's next move was kind of thinking, hey, do we really need 162? You know, can we, <laughs> yeah. we let the other teams go 162? You yeah. know, maybe we think about, you know, maybe about 40. Uh, if he
2: was just like, hey, are we still doing that COVID opt-out thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'd
0: like to submit a team.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's my final thought Uh, one more voicemail Jake Jesus I'm fucking sick
6: (laughs) I am sick you know I grew up I was born in Vallejo I grew up going getting $2 tickets with my brother and my dad at the Coliseum I bleed green and gold it's like I bleed bleed silver and black. And let me tell you something. Bob Manfred is a fucking snake. A fucking snake. And the city of Oakland, fuck you. You got to be honest. When you lose three teams in five years, maybe you're the problem, at least partially. And Dave Cavill, fuck you, too. God, who else do I say fuck you, to? <laughs> Um, Wolf, fuck John Wolf, fuck them all. Is that it? Yeah, fuck me. I just called him and I I fucked up the A's owner's name. John Fisher, (laughs) fuck him. I can't believe I fucked up that cuck's name. So fucking basic. So fuck him. Uh, I think I already said it. Um, fuck Bob Manfred. Love that you implemented these rules. My wife likes baseball now, but fuck Bob Manfred. Um, fuck Dave Cavill. Fuck the city of Oakland, City Council, not the city of Oakland itself, just the city council. Um, because again, they've gotta be at least part of the fucking problem. Uh go green and gold. I will cease being a fan if Dallas Braden and Glenn Kite are not on the broadcast. Seriously. It's done. I'll join the Mets or the fucking Buckos, and I'll hate myself just as much. So, thanks. (laughs) Go (laughs) ease.
3: Wow.
2: (laughs) Good call. Like I don't.
3: And obviously, as I as I listen to these, and I and I'm laughing. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm laughing with the fans because I'm I. I feel their pain. And like this, this last guy, like you could just tell like the emotion, like it's, it's aimed in one direction, but at the same time, it's like all over too. And you just, your, your brain gets going. And I know that's how a lot of these fans feel. So I, I feel their pain. I do. I, that's, (laughs) that was great. Just a lot of misguided FUs there. Mm. Yeah.
2: Anyone could get it that day.
3: Oh yeah. Anybody was, anybody was in line that day. Stomper (laughs) is not immune.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) man. All right. Uh, We'll be back on Wednesday for our midweek episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Obviously, uh, as we roll out the three episodes a week during the season, the Monday episode is going to be meatier than the other ones. Then you're going to get a Wednesday and a Thursday episode. Appreciate you watching. Check us out on YouTube, by the way. You can uh, watch the show if you're down with that. Um, But uh, also, you know what? I, I, I should be saying this more often. Tell tell your friends about baseball is dead. I feel like uh, we're more of like a grassroots project that we got going on around here. If you've got friends that you play fantasy baseball with, or just like your buddies that you still keep in touch with from college or back home that are baseball fans, help us out by being like, hey, you should check out baseball is dead. I feel like you'd like it if you're a baseball fan. Uh, that's what helps us grow. I mean, it's it's us against the world right now. There's no there's no mothership. It is us. We're trying to we're trying our best to bring you guys the best baseball content on the internet. Uh, the more that we grow, the more that we can plug some resources into the show and make it bigger and better every single week, every single season. So thank you guys for your support. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday.
3: Uh, before we go, Jake, there's a little glow behind you. I don't have a window. Uh, can I get a quick weather
0: update?
2: Yep. Uh, in Boston, it's 56 degrees, mostly cloudy skies, slight chance of rain shower. Um. Winds at west-southwest, shifting from 10 to 15 miles an hour, and we got a okay. waxing crescent tonight. Ooh, waxy-cressy! Waxy, little,
3: little bit of a hum out of the west with the waxy-cressy. I asked because I was freezing my fucking nutsack off when I landed last night in Los Angeles, got over the hill to where <clears throat> the poorer people live, where I live, and it was fucking 87 degrees. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's sitting like around 85 going to be 90 something today uh so that's a real punch in the face for me after not having to deal with anything over 70 degrees so far this year so uh but the moon did look beautiful through the haze as i was
1: coming down interpret that however you will well